Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to this bonus episode of TV Gold. I'm joined by Andrew Mercado and an extra special guest this week is the very talented and very successful and very prolific writer and producer, Jason And Welcome, Jason. Hi there. What an introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, mate, you've earned it for sure. That was probably a pretty modest one. I, I won't go into too much detail because we'll cover it in this interview, but one of the reasons we wanted to get you on now, and there's probably many, but we wanted to chat about Riptide, which has gone out just recently on Paramount+. Plus. Um, gee, you've been churning out some work in the last 12, 24 months. I mean, you've always been busy, but it seems like super busy. Just tell us a little bit about the start, about the Riptide story and where it sits in the sort of body of recent work you've been doing. Sure, sure. Well, um, I guess you would call it suburban noir. Um, that, that's the kind of genre that, that it's in. It's um, it's a four-part mystery drama, some might say melodrama, um, a thriller, uh, with hopefully just the, the right number of twists and turns to, to sustain the four episodes. So it's not a big ask of viewers. It's not a huge commitment. Um, if you're watching them online, you can bash them out in, a, in an afternoon. But it's, it's very much, um, it's, it's kind of that guilty pleasure, I think, which, uh, which I think is very much my lane way. I'm fascinated uh, by seeing the programming that Channel 5 does for this in the UK. They did it with Lie With Me as well. Uh, they don't screen it week by week like 10 does here in Australia. They screen it for four nights, like a old miniseries from the 1980s. And I wonder if you knew that in advance that they would program it that way and if indeed you write the episodes uh, to kind of be more like a one giant bingeable event, as you just said then, or you still got that idea of one-hour episodes per week? Uh, look, very much so. So um, obviously the first one I did was Lie With Me, um, which was a, a couple of years ago now, um, and I knew that was going to go out on Channel 5 uh, four nights a week. Um, likewise with Rick Tide and also with Heat, which is coming up very soon. It's another one that's uh, in the pipeline. Um, so, so yes, for the UK market, um, very mindful that it's, it's, it's a big weekly event. Um, every episode needs to end with a big hook, you know, to bring everyone back the next night. Um, and over here, it is programmed weekly. Um, hopefully it fits that, that model as well. Um, I, I don't know if I would have approached it that much differently. Um, if, if it was a, a weekly proposition in the UK, then at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're trying to hook viewers. You're, you're trying to draw them into the story and get them coming back, whether it's the, the next night or the next week or moments later if they're watching it online at a later date. I, I love that genre where you call it suburban noir. That's... Um... That describes it perfectly. I, I I love that. The um, let me ask you about Riptide. Now we'll we'll probably ask you a little bit about Neighbours in particular later in the episode if you if you if we have time. But um, tell me that's that that three series of um suburban noir dramas, if you like, for Channel Five were they planned before Neighbours wrapped? Because I'm guessing it might have been hard to juggle both. And has has having some free time helped you finish these? Uh, well, I with me was a couple of years ago. We actually began filming that. Very unfortunate timing. It was it was March two thousand and twenty, um, which was COVID month. 
uh, for anyone that's forgotten. Um, so that actually took a year to complete and get to air. Uh, and then, yes, Riptide, um, that did very, very well. Uh, and Riptide and, and Heat were then commissioned, um, I guess, early, what are we now? Early last year, perhaps. Um, so, so, so yes, I, I did know they were happening. Um, I was writing them before Neighbours ended. So it was all happening all at once. Okay. Um, was was Riptide filmed after Neighbours had wrapped their episodes? Th- that's right. So we, we wrapped Neighbours in June. Well, we thought we wrapped Neighbours in June. <laughs> um, uh, and Riptide uh, came along in July. So, um, yeah, certainly in terms of my own bandwidth and my own um, ability to, you know, to focus on it. Um, uh, it, it was good that, that Neighbours had wrapped by then, but of course Neighbours was also in post-production um, and there was a lot going on with it at the time as well. Uh, and that was that was Riptide and then Heat we filmed um, uh, in November, um, a show about a bushfire shot in the coldest, wettest November month <laughs> that Melbourne's had for decades. But we go on. Now, correct me if I've got this wrong, but Lie With Me, you created and you wrote, but with Riptide, you've created it, but you've handed the writing duties over to Anthony Ellis, who, of course, you know, we know well, he's worked on Pack to the Rafters and a whole bunch of other shows that I know you've worked on with as well. Is that how you did it? You got him to write the scripts, but you came up with the the concept and the major storyline? Uh, look, not quite. So all three shows have had the exact same model. Um, I've created them all. Uh, there are four episodes each. I've written a couple of each series, and Anthony Ellis has written one, uh, and Margaret Wilson um, has written another. They're both very old, very dear friends of mine. Uh, we're a great little team. Uh, so they've all happened um, in a very similar way. Jason, could I ask you how you enjoy this sort of short-run drama as opposed to because you've been in, a, there's a lot of shows you've spent a lot of time on sort of episodic dramas that, that five nights a week series. Um, how do you how do you find the difference and do you have a preference now? I really love it. Um, as you know, I've been the EP of Neighbours now for a decade or so, which is a big job. Um, I, I, you know, I love it. I'm very privileged to do it. Uh, but I do, I have been looking for a way to do other things. Um, and wonderfully, I was able to create these opportunities. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for any writer, a, a self-contained story, um, delivers a lot of satisfaction. Uh, it's, it's four episodes, it's four hours. You know, if you were to compare that to Neighbours, at one point we were making 260 episodes of Neighbours a year. Um, so it's, it's you know, Neighbours is just this enormous uh, volume of, of content um, uh, versus these these shows, which are, are, are much smaller. So, um, yes, I think they're, they're rewarding in their own way. Um, each, each delivers, um, a, a, personally, a different level of, of satisfaction for me. Someone else you're also taking on this ride is Scott Major, uh, who, of course, was an actor in the original Heartbreak High, and he did act in Neighbours, but he's been, he was directing a, a lot of Neighbours, and he seemed to be directing a lot of the really big event uh, on Neighbours. He did the end game, I think, uh, episodes on the island, and I know he's directed Lie With Me. He's definitely directing Riptide. Is he going to be directing the third one in this trilogy for Channel 5? Uh, uh, Scott, no, he has done the first two. Amazing director, as you say, very good mate of mine. Um, but Kate Kendall, who's another 
super amazing actor director um, has directed Heat. Um, and tell me, um, Jason, you've you've built up a great relationship with Fremantle over the years. It seems, <coughs> of course, on Neighbours, and now these three uh, dramas. Can you talk a little bit about that and how important now um, global partnerships are within sort of financing and and distribution and getting green lights for for projects. Uh, well, they're incredibly important. Um, I, I can't really think of anything now that that gets made without some kind of global partnership or or strategy in place. Um, Fremantle being a global company, um, great company to work for, very very supportive of, of me and um, my other ambitions on on top of neighbours, which which again has enabled me to do these shows. Um, so so yes, I think um, uh, I, I think nowadays. Um, uh, that is where the industry is at, which which is very exciting for the industry as well, because it means our stories have more of a chance now of of getting shown on the international stage. Um, one of the clever things you do, I think, as more for the UK market, is uh, although there's a predominantly Australian cast, you've cast in the female lead an actress that's very well known to soap viewers in the UK. So with Lie with Me, it was Charlie Brooks who played. Bad Girl Janine in EastEnders. And now in Riptide, you've got uh, Joe Joyner, who also uh, is a bit of an icon through EastEnders. Do we know who the casting is yet for your third one? Are you able to announce which um, English soap icon you're going to get to anchor that? Uh, we, we have announced. So Danny Dyer is is the lead actor in oh. Heat. Um, so it's a bit of an EastEnders triple threat. Yeah. Um, which is which is accidental, I have to say. Um, and I really have to credit my colleague at Channel Five, Greg Barnett, um, uh, who uh, you know really knows the British market, um, really knows you know what 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 talent are going to cut through at what time. Um, it's a very very busy marketplace um, a, a, as it is over here, uh, and and he's he he's been wonderful um, in in nailing that you know the exact person to to do the the role. Jason. You're at the coalface of the TV industry. We read a lot about changing business models, the way people changing view, viewing habits. Um, can you talk a little bit about about how that's impacted what you do and maybe your career? And and ha- did that have an impact on neighbours as well? Hmm. Well, uh, I mean, yes, it's a, a big subject really isn't it the, the yeah. changing viewing habits and the changing landscape i mean on the on, on on the one hand um as a sort of writer producer even as a as a consumer of of television you kind of go well it's a great thing there's all this all this content it's everywhere you turn mm. um there is content but then of course we're all still competing for you know what is maybe not a limited set of eyeballs but uh, a similar viewing landscape. Um, it's just changed, really. So um, I think it's exciting. Uh, like like anyone in the industry, I'm, I'm I'm watching it. I'm 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 trying to make sense of it. I'm I'm trying to see where the opportunities are. I'm trying to see where it's going. Um, obviously, terrestrial TV is is still very very vital. Um, people are still watching it. People are still consuming local drama. They, they may not be doing it in the way they were before. It's it's no longer about the live audience number. Um, it's it's about the the consolidated number over months, even years. I think now, um, in, in some cases. So in a lot of ways, um, there's a lot that's great about it. 
Uh, but there's there's a lot that you know I, I'm still trying to follow, and that's what keeps it interesting, isn't it? I mean, 20, 20 years ago, did we could we can I think we were all thinking about pay TV back then and going, oh my gosh, you know, we're, we're going to cable here in Australia. What's that going to do? Um, and we, we couldn't have conceived where we are now. Um, it, it, it keeps life very interesting. Sure. Jason, you and I have known each other a long time. Uh, I met you on the very first job I had in TV on Paradise Beach, which would have been around 1995. And then, you know, you were there on the set of uh, Pacific Drive. And, and I still have my paperback book with your dedication to it when you were writing uh, Bondi Place. And uh, you even put one of the characters, uh, you named one of the characters in here, as you say in the inscription, hope you get a laugh from Geraldo Mercado and added in an extra R there in Mercado so I didn't sue. But, I mean, you've always had a really, really great sense of the genre of soap opera. And I just wonder, uh, of uh, some of those shows you've worked on, some of them, you know, Echo Point, some of them didn't survive. Are there any of those shows that you look back on with regret and think, wow, that show, that soap had the makings to have gone for, you know, as long as Neighbours and got axed before its time. Do you ever look back on any of them and, and wish that one of them had been saved? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I, I, I do wish that. Um, I, I don't know that I've spent an awful lot of time looking back, but now that you've asked the question, <laughs> um, I'll try to. Uh, look, I mean, some, some, um, I don't think <laughs> should, yes. should have gone on, and, and, I, and I think it was kind of right that they ended. I agree. Um, but look, I suppose one that does uh, pop out in my my recent-ish memory, it's not that recent, is Out of the Blue. Um, I thought that was a, a, a great show. Um, uh, I, I thought the scheduling of it didn't help it, um, and I thought that ended way too prematurely. I, I thought that did have um, a lot of potential. Yeah. See, I would say Paradise Beach because we were making oh. it up, making it up there on the Gold Coast and the Gold Coast City Council was letting us film anywhere for free. <laughs> and you know, you, you, you know, there aren't many councils in the world that are as friendly as that. And, and you and I know that Paradise Beach was starting to catch on in some of those Nordic countries. There were people tourists coming down from Sweden and Norway coming to the set going, oh, this is my favourite show. So that's one I'm sad about, but nothing can last forever, right? No, but look, that, that is interesting. You know, thinking about Paradise Beach, I wonder if today, um, I know it's a different marketplace and, and serial dramas aren't really being launched anymore, um, new serial dramas. Yeah. Uh, I, I do wonder if, if today in the landscape it, 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 it might have, have a life because um, I think if I look back on everything I've worked on, um, that would be one of the top shows that people remembered. For example, yeah. overseas, you know, I remember being in Greece and shortly after, maybe a couple of years after, um, in the Greek islands and just people were, you know, just because I was Australian, not even because they knew I had any attachment to it. Um, they were raving about Paradise Beach and I do think back on that and think you're right. Um, it, it should have, um, it should have succeeded and, uh, you know, maybe it was a little clunky to begin with, but hey, what is it? Yeah, it was hugely clunky to begin with, but by the time it got to the end, it, you know, it had the potential to have gone for years and years, but say la vie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, maybe someone will revive it one day. Yeah. I, I just wanted to mention briefly too, and I think you worked on Shortland Street for a while as well. Um, that's yeah. been through a whole lot of broadcasters in Australia. 
Now Seven are going to give it a go, putting it on Seven Plus, I believe. So have you got any fond memories of working on that? Oh, right. Um, look, I uh, th that was one of my first jobs. My absolute very first job was working on Neighbours um, as, a, as a writer, um, as a storyliner. And then I think after about four months of, of working on Neighbours, which was my dream job, I was so thrilled to be doing it. Um, I sort of got called into an office and told that they were moving me to Shortman Street. Um, and it was this new show um, and I'd be going to New Zealand and I'd be hoping to set it up. And um, I actually remember being devastated and just thinking, how can you take me off my favourite show? Um, not realising it was probably a compliment to me because they thought I had the ability to, you know, to, to go and work on this new thing. Um, but when I got there, I absolutely loved it that the people the, the the studios um it was it was fantastic and i actually remember i i didn't want to leave after that um i i loved it so much so it's, it's a little bit of a chapter of my history that's um i'm actually not really in touch with anyone anymore from those days but it was a really i was very young too i think i was like 19 or something so it was a it was a great great memory a great experience and i'm really happy that show is still going well, maybe you put left something in the water there, Jason, because I very much, when I, I watch Shortland Street and I watch Neighbours in the last few years, and to me, both of those shows, and, and I think maybe a touch of uh, Hollyoaks from the UK there, they're soaps that are very, very fast moving, large casts, lots of things going on, very diverse, doing stories about today, doing really socially relevant stuff, but in an entertaining way. And there's something about i think shortland street and neighbors they share that there's a, there's a lot going on in in both shows but if we look at the cast of riptide um and i can see a few old uh soap faces in here you've got you know ali fowler from sons and daughters and peter o'brien's in it but also some of those younger cast members you had ben turland uh who had been in neighbors who'd uh tragically died in neighbors but also i see asha yasbincheck in there I wonder, you know, she hit it so big in Heartbreak High. Did you get her before she was on Heartbreak High or did you get her uh, just after she'd finished filming that? Uh, after, after. So Scott Major, the director, knew of her from Heartbreak High. Yeah. He said, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to see her. Um, and he was absolutely right. Uh, we were, we were so blown away by her. She's amazing. Just mentioning back on to back on Riptide, I, I love the. Um, I wasn't expecting that sort of that such a huge um, whodunit element to it, and I really loved that. And I and I love the sort of the, the nastiness of some of the characters too. There's because um, you you end that first episode, I think, thinking, okay, so there's there's been a crime committed, and there's three prime. Um, candidates, possibly a, a smoky fourth one, but you don't really know. Yet there's a bit of you learn a little bit. I've only watched the first two. You you think you know who might have done it at the end of that um, second episode, but but it's um how how hard is it sort of structuring that to get the sort of mix right? Well, I, I think any time you approach any kind of murder mystery, you're you're, you're trying to do something a little bit different um and you know certainly with, with all of these channel five shows as well um I'm, I'm also looking at everything else on their their slate um and what other local dramas they've done um and if they've done a murder mystery how they told it so um with with this show 
um, I, I did want to do something that is a bit risky for um, a, a, a murder mystery. Um, and that does happen at the end of the second. Um, it is a little bit earlier than it normally happens in a, in a murder mystery. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I, I wanted to sort of deliver that, that, that shock and, and maybe go somewhere else with it. Um, a more conventional way would have been to hold off that shock um, a bit longer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I, 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 I don't pretend to be reinventing any wheels here. Um, <laughs> it's very hard to reinvent a murder mystery wheel. Um, audiences have seen everything. Um, and it's all about how you, you tell the story. So, um, yeah, I, I think with this one, I was, I was very mindful of, of, of the setting. Um, I was very mindful of the sort of the group of characters. Um, and I, I, I wanted to, to create a world that would be, you know, welcoming. It, it is that that escapist guilty pleasure thing I talked about earlier on. Um, it's 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 not demanding. Um, I think there is a, a a certain amount of fun for an audience if they feel they're ahead of a story. Um, of course, you want to still surprise them. Um, otherwise, you know, why are they going to keep watching? Um, but I, I, I do think there is is something in that, and, um, and and I've certainly noticed a lot in in recent years, and it's really challenged my storytelling. Um, is is watching something and going straight away? Oh, I know how this is going to end, um, and I'm right. I do know how this is going to end, um, but but it hasn't actually dulled my senses or my enjoyment of it, um, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping that. You know, my shows aren't that way, that you do know exactly how it's going to end. Um, but I, I guess what I'm also, what I'm saying is that I've, I've kind of learned that there is a little bit of a satisfaction. It's the journey um, as, as much as everything. Um, and, and that's what I I try to do with these shows and, and make them an, an, an enjoyable, inviting, you know, comfort TV that, that people can curl up with for four hours. As the former location manager for Paradise Beach, I want to give a shout out to whoever it is that's finding your locations because, you know, Lie With Me was centred around this beautiful country mansion and now with Riptide you've got the, another beautiful all-glass house uh, seems to be on a, the waterfront there at the Mornington Peninsula. Um, how important is it to find this kind of, you know, drop-dead property that can anchor these Channel 5 dramas of yours. And, of course, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at a market, the Brits who, uh, you know, are possibly watching these shows in the dead of winter. I mean, you, you want to make them salivate about how beautiful Australian houses are, right? <laughs> oh, look, definitely. It's, it's real estate porn for sure. <laughs> um, I, they're, look, they're very important. Um, actually, my, my, my producer, Natalie Mandel, who I haven't mentioned on this call, is so instrumental in, in all of these shows. Amazing, amazing producer. Um, we, we've had so much fun, um, you know, scouring Melbourne, the peninsula, um, all these incredible houses that we can probably never, ever afford to live in ourselves. Uh, but, but I do see the houses as, as, as a star. Um, and there's another one coming up in heat. Um, there's an, another incredible house on the way. Um, and, and, yeah, I think for the British audience, it is a point of difference. Um, I, I, I've learned that a lot over, over the years, um, that, that, they, 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 they do, Brits do see, even after all this time, Brits do see Australia as this, you know, utopia, this escapist place. And, you know, who am I not to deliver them an amazing house? <laughs> Very good. Look, um, before we let you go today, we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't bring up Neighbours and, and talk a little bit about it. The 
So the how do you feel now when it's when we had the the cancellation, if you like, then we've had the resurrection. Um, what sort of emotions have you been through over the last twelve months? Oh, a, a real roller coaster. I think that's the only way to to describe it. It was um it was a very 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 emotional time when the show ended. Um, you know that that finale, I, I sort of put everything into. Um, but I always had the hope that you know one day. Um, it may come back in in some shape or form. Um, I didn't think it would would happen so soon, um, but it's it's look w- wonderful, wonderful for the the cast, the crew, the industry, um, the viewers. Uh, you know, I think I think it's 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 such a part of people's lives. It's part of the popular culture here and in the UK. It's a very 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 special show. It didn't end because people weren't watching it, um, and and that was a that was a nice you know it was a nice feeling as well. I, I don't think we were a show ever linking to a finish line. Um, you know, if we, if we were going out, we were going out with a bang. Um, but you, always the door was, was left open and it's it's just a really, it's a beautiful story for, for the industry and our viewers uh, that it's, it's coming back. Um, I am disappointed and frankly shocked that the Neighbours finale hasn't received any Logie nominations, particularly, you know, I would have thought Guy Pearce was a shoe-in for their supporting actor there. But, you know, one of the lovely things for me about uh, when Neighbours was coming to a close, uh, a lot of the discussion around it coming to the end, and I was very pleased to see a lot of people zeroed in on the fact that Neighbours had been this incredible training ground, not just for people in front of the camera, but behind the scenes as well. Um, I'm wondering if you can tell us with the new series of Neighbours, uh, obviously that's something I know it's it's always been very close to you to uh, make sure that you're training up new people. Are you going to continue to make neighbours uh, a kind of a, a, a TV school uh, for those new and emerging creatives in front of and behind the camera? Definitely, definitely. That's very important to Fremantle, very important to Network 10 as well. Um, uh, we have a, we're continuing our relationship with uh, Screen Vic, uh, uh, and I, I, I do believe um, we've got a lot of placements, uh, if if not lined up, but close to being lined up for the next series. Um, definitely, it, it is a training ground. I got my start there. Um, I've never forgotten that, um, and it's it, it's it's. It's, it's just a very important thing for our, for our industry. We we only have neighbours and home and away now as these long running shows, um, and long may they both continue. Uh, but it's it's really important that we we do provide those opportunities for the next generation. What can you sort of hint at about the future of neighbours? Have we have you started production yet? Is there you know um, presumably will will we see anything this year and anything you can. Give us a clue about the frequency. Uh, well, we have started production. We the cameras started rolling again in April, um, so I think we're into like week ten. Um, I've seen what have I seen? I've seen eight weeks. Uh, the, the first eight weeks uh-huh. um, uh, in our producer screenings, um, which is very exciting. I'm really thrilled with the way it's going, and um, I think I think audiences will be too. Um, and, and look, um, in terms of timelines and and return dates and so forth, keep your eyes peeled. Um, announcements will be forthcoming, um, but 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 I do want to say you know we 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 really have appreciated the love for the show. I'm very mindful of, of that in in how I'm bringing the show back. Um, I want all of those viewers that that felt that love 
um, that watched that finale, you know, maybe shed a tear. Um, I want them all to feel as though they've got their show back. Um, so it's it's the, the the next chapter of the show um, is is going to be in keeping with the last, but, but obviously a wonderful new progression as well. But what do we call the next chapter of the show? I want to know when the first slate board went up on the first day of filming. Did it say Neighbours Episode 1 or did it say Neighbours Episode 8904? I mean, do we do we do we consider this uh, the the one series that's still going, or have we drawn a line in the sand and we're starting from episode one again? <laughs> well, Andrew, prepare to get your mind blown. It's uh-huh. called both. Why? Wow! Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Yeah. Of course, we understand that. Um, I think you, the screening partners are Amazon and Ten. We'll get first look on Ten, won't we? And then it will go quickly to Amazon. I think, and Amazon will be showing it globally. Is that correct? Um, again, I would just keep your eyes and ears peeled. Exciting announcements to come very soon. Okay. All right. Fantastic stuff. All right. Anything else you want to leave us with, Andrew, with your um, former no. colleague? Obviously, I'm hugely, hugely excited that Neighbours is coming back and uh, I can't wait to see what you've got in store for us. Thank you. And, and thank you both for continuing support of Australian drama. So it's really important. Thank you. Yeah, Jason, look, great to have you today. Look, congratulations again on Riptide. Well, we look forward to Heat and we're certainly looking forward to um, what you're going to be getting up to on, um, we won't call it Neighbours in the Next Generation, but it is a, <laughs> it is a, it is a sort of a, a new neighbours, if you like. And we'll look forward to that. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Thank you, James. <laughs>